You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. What? I got a really what? bad feeling about this. <laughs> I've got a really good feeling about this. You have to say that if it's a Star Wars episode. So, um, what is the before, the after the show discussion? You really want to know? Oh, we were trying to find a... Okay, um, this is a brief history of my new, my 2016 gardening season. I don't, I'm not a hardcore gardener, but I'm trying to learn everything I can. Most everything I have is in pots and containers, and I have one raised bed and a few little spots in the yard where I've been planning stuff for a few years. And this year I decided, just for fun, to name all the... <laughs> it sounds like a crazy... <laughs> it sounds crazy when I say it to people. But I've named every pot, and they are in line with either Star Wars, Star Trek, or some other thing. Because I kind of start running out of names after a while. Because I have a lot of them. There's like 40 different spots and areas. So, for example, I have the Spaceship of the Imagination. People might recognize that from the show Cosmos from the 70s and 80s. It would have been the 80s. And then I have one called Cosmos that the Cosmos are going to be growing in. And then we have like uh, Jingo Fennel and Boba Fennel. They're two matching pots that I'm going to put Fennel in. We have uh, Leak Skywalker, which was one of your suggestions. I have uh, BB-8 and BB-9, who are two little silver pots. And, you know, it's a... Raised bed. Raised bed, because I was trying to think of a name to call my big raised bed. And you just said... Raised bed. Because I couldn't think of one for Ray either. And I was like, well, duh. So I've got raised bed. I've got seven of nine alcove off the end of raised bed, which they don't go together. But those two ladies are going to work fine together. So now I've discovered that over in the corner of the deck, I have another pot. It's kind of broken. It's a plastic. It's a little container. It's been out in the sun for 10 years. The top's broken off. It looks shitty. And I hadn't named it. So I'm thinking... In honor of today's movie, something to do with Millennium Falcon. I think that's where we're going to go with it. But we need a plant injected in there somehow. I have a few names that plants couldn't be associated with it. For example, Yoda. I have this little, this green container. It's the same color as Yoda. Yoda's name doesn't really lend itself to anything. I mean, I could add Master Jedi Yoda something and then put some. But I just decided it's Yoda. And then I have Data, which is also a green container. But the color of data, Star Trek is one of my... The way you feel about Star Wars, I don't quite feel that way about Star Trek, but I'm more there than I am in the Star Wars world. So data. So, if you think of anything while we're talking... Don't talk about Star Trek on this podcast. (laughs) They are completely 100% valid, both of them. And in (laughs) fact, there's more Star Trek to talk about than there is Star Wars. No matter what you do, there's always going to be more Star Trek. No, not the way Disney are going at it. Probably uh, be, be a point in the future where... Yeah, but Disney... Star Trek will also keep going. Uh, You'll never catch up. Anyway, that was before the after the show discussion. <laughs> Naming one of my plant containers. When you uh, listen to this, it'll probably be uh, Monday, <laughs> April the 4th. And this will be after the show number 420. This is Star, uh, Star Wars weekend. Um, as of this podcast today, which is April... No, March the 31st. At midnight, Star Wars The Force Awakens will be available everywhere around the world, digitally. You'll be able to pick up the Blu-ray next week, which is probably when you'll be listening to this podcast. Is this your sales pitch or something? This is kind of boring. 
Yeah, because people need to know when They'll this movie's know. coming if out. If they're listening to this, they already know. So uh, these are the things I have to get out of the way before mm. we start. So you'll be able to pick up Star Wars The Force Awakens on Blu-ray from the 5th of April, which is next week. So um, that is what we're looking at this week. Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's a 2015 movie. I just told you when it'll be released. PG-13 from our friends at Lucasfilm and Disney. We happened to get an early copy to review, which was awesome from those people. And uh, Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of Star Wars. No, no, no. The Force Awakens. No, 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 no. You are Star Star Wars man. It is episode seven of (laughs) Star Wars. If you don't know anything about Star Wars at the point where it gets to episode seven, shame on you. It's the continuing uh, saga of a galaxy far, far away and the Force, which is a... uh, Force. Force to be reckoned with. And I have really bad You're not doing a good job of this. (laughs) This is Star Wars. I just asked you as well. Part of the before the oh, episode I could, discussion. I, 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 was I, I was tempted to tell you the entire story of Star Wars, but I'm not. My question to you was: If you had not had the same love of Star Wars in your life, and you're almost fifty, or it dropped off at some point to where you were uh, whatever about it, would you think you would be different person? I know that sounds really extreme. That a movie shouldn't impact people, but it gives you such extreme joy. And I mean the kind of like it starts and you go woohoo, and I can just feel your heart. You're just like I'm there, and you dive in, and your whole mind is there. And every time you see it, or hear someone talk about it, or you see the posters we have, or any sign of it, it it lifts you up. Yeah. And if you subtracted that, it's just such a big thing. And other people who listen to this might have the same exact. Like I can't imagine. You know, my life without it. It's got that kind of impact on people. No matter what anybody says. Yeah, it's It's a, that kind of a thing. It's 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 kind of unique in the world of cinema. There are all kind of franchises and things, but I think Star Wars is the big... What well, is for your gen for our generation. And that doesn't necessarily mean it is for anyone past, you know. Uh, no one will ever... Uh, not the same. It's never going to be the same. I don't know. It just isn't. I mean, this movie is... Because the children who are watching this one have seen this kind of display of science fiction on television and cartoons and other movies and television shows. When you saw Star Wars, you were literally like, holy shit, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I still am like that now. (laughs) Even seeing the original. Like, holy crap, how did they do this then? And it still looked good, like, you know... Nowadays, a kid will be watching it, and maybe the special effects in the world that's created isn't the thing that's so amazing. It's about that very nugget of a story about characters, like Rey, who, you know, you they win you over, and you want them to succeed, and then you're upset when something goes wrong, and you're rooting for them. That is the thing that you get hooked in, I think, with a younger audience. So we did talk a little bit about this movie when we went to see it in the theatres in December. But um, we didn't go into it in detail. Are we going to spoil anything? Or are we going to? Yeah, we might as well just spoil the whole thing, right? Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know if that's fair. Yeah, well, it'd just be way vague if we don't. No, just that one thing. Oh, I thought you meant the whole... I thought you meant not just talk about it in general, like the movie. No, well, there's only one thing to spoil in this movie. Well, there's plenty of things to spoil in this movie. I disagree. There's nothing else as important as that. And I say we don't say that. Alright. Everything else doesn't matter. What else was important? Spoily wise. Well, there's lots of. To me, like. Okay, there's two I wouldn't things, want to know maybe. any of it. If you I'm mean, not like. 
that. Well, I wouldn't have wanted to know any of it if I haven't seen this movie. I don't I want to know. It. I don't that. want you to tell me there's a character called Blah. I understand that, but those things aren't as impactful as the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, but w- wouldn't it be interesting for those people listening to hear our <laughs> reaction to that thing that we're not talking about? <laughs> it's like the so, best part of the movie. Like, so if you haven't imagine. seen the movie because you haven't gotten to the story yet or they ran out, we will probably mention the thing that both of us, you more than me probably, were just like... Ugh. Me, the one thing. So we'll probably get to that. So imagine that you're going to be watching this movie. You might not want this amount of information. And it may crop up at any time. So this podcast, you can pause it. You can stop it. Go watch the movie. Come back to this. And then listen to what we have to say. We have warned you fully. So if we mention something and you go, what? What the hell? You ruined it for me. Because some people might be seeing it for the first time on Tuesday. Correct. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Force Awakens, uh, the seventh Star Wars movie. I had eagerly been waiting it for three... When they announced it. 30 years? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we didn't know it was happening. But when they announced they were making it, when Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney, and they immediately said, we're going to make a new movie. And I was like, wow, they're really going out this fast. Like, I thought it would take a while for them to... But no, they just started making it. Uh, so, I... Watched it along the way, it being made. I really appreciate what Disney did of not spoiling the movie at all. Not putting out anything. Not even letting the press screen the movie towards the when it was coming theatrically. They really protected what was in there. Like They didn't put out numerous screenshots. They did those couple of trailers that we, we saw and uh, they were respectfully done. They didn't... You can watch those trailers and it doesn't ruin these, this movie. No, no. It's just like, oh, Star Wars, is he coming? Yeah, because trust me, we watched those a few times. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I still have them on my hard drive. I kept those trailers. So, um, you know, I eagerly anticipated this. And inside me, I kept thinking, this can't live up to anything Star Wars for me. I will probably be let down by it, in a way. Like the prequels. I'm not a hater of the prequels, by any means, but I'd rather watch the originals because they're just my Star Wars. I think my thing on the prequels is it tells me the story of Darth Vader. Yeah. That is the part that I take away. And I don't give a shit about midichlorians. I don't give a shit about anything else except that I understand better now when I see Darth Vader's mask or when I hear Darth Vader's voice or I see the image of him, even when we watch the old ones. Now I... Before he just... A jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Just a jerk with a magic power, unfortunately, that he can use against people. That's the force. But watching the prequels, minus all the politics and all the stuff that, you know, I don't, of I don't like the performances. I didn't like they played Anakin Skywalker that much as a child or as a, you know, young man, whatever. None of that matters to me because now when I watch and I think of Darth Vader, I've, I can fill in the story. I don't read the comics. I don't read the books. I don't read any fic- other fiction outside of the movies. I've never watched any. I do. I don't listen to anybody tell stories about it. So none of that is there for me. So now when I see Darth Vader, I'm like, he was a person. He was a kid. He, unfortunately, something's drawing him to be bitter and hateful and kind of a control freak to the point of it being super destructive for like the whole galaxy that clues me in now to where we're going with the next generation yeah true 
So the first spoiler is the next generation are the children of the people that you love the most. Yeah, so th- <laughs> those prequels, I don't hate them, but no. there's something about them that is, it's not irresistible. And to it's me. not, I you think know? that it sounds a little pretentious when J.J. Abrams and his crew were all saying, oh, we want to get that, that authenticity, we want to do it on film and all that shit, because you can make anything look right, you know what I mean? But what the prequels were missing was that grubbiness. Yeah, they were I very felt like, cl- digital, weren't they? Well, no, I don't care about the digital. No, I mean, they were very um, no, I meant the CG. Co- like, no, I don't like, mean that. I mean, the costumes, the houses, the machinery, everything was very not like it had been existing in a very harsh world for a long time. Whereas if you watch all the other Star Wars movies, everything is I also, aged. I don't think those prequels line up. You know, like this one kind, like they say, they tried to be look like the originals. Like they tried to make it fit. I think those prequels seem weird. They don't seem... Yeah, I'm saying because they're not, they're not, things aren't rough and rugged and feel, they felt more shiny and comic booky versus like, you know, You've yeah. just traveled to. So let's record. not let's not dwell on the prequels anymore. Let's go for this. Uh, Force Awakens. Stop Awaken. dwelling. We're just discussing it. Force Awakens. Um, what do you think of it? Does it matter? As a Star Wars, fan. <laughs> as a as a non, you're not a Star Wars fan. So let's I'm say I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm just not. No, a, I mean you've never. You've not. My heart doesn't go pitter patter like no. yours does. Um, I was a hundred percent satisfied the first time I saw it, and if you can go above a hundred percent, same. Same happened again. I mean, I was I, I actually, an adventure. That's what I appreciate the most is like you're going all over the place. There's not a lot of overtures of politics and, you know, who's ruling what and all that stuff because that's boring to me. And I'm not a huge fan of fight scenes. And while it might be action-packed, it's not actually that. It doesn't feel that constant big action sequence, even though it is. Yeah, that's it a moves, good this film. It, it does never really slow down, I don't think. It you have moments where it does, yeah, of course. Because like, there's times when they have dialogue and... I know, but I'm, I'm saying, like, we paused it at 50 minutes to go to the toilet. And I can't, I couldn't believe that it was 50 minutes in. It felt like <laughs> yeah, it was about three minutes Yeah, the first time we watched it in. in the theater, it felt like it went really fast. Yeah. Like, it was over and you're like, what? Yeah, and it's two hours and 20 minutes, which is longer than most films. And but it feels it, substantial. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, it's and it... And the story to me is just right. I feel like everything that I'm curious about what would have happened after yeah, everything, you know, 30, 30 years, years ago, ago, everything makes sense to me. Now, I will put this out there right now. Even after re-watching all the original three with you before we went and saw this one and watching this one, I'm still, there's nothing in my brain or my heart or my movie-going person or my story listening person I do not care at all about Luke Skywalker oh but listen imagine that he is not the focus of this for me he never was I thought he was whiny and he was too like too dramatic and he was just he's fine as the guy that you want to triumph he is pretty whiny in those first movies in that in in the new hope he is very after yeah, we were watched it, it's very whiny. And the only thing we see this time, he's just as whiny without even saying anything. That I was just like, when J.J. Abrams says this whole thing is about Luke Skywalker, and I was like, uh, not for me. 
it's bigger than that. It's bigger than one person. Hey, um, and the fact that he's still the, the main Jedi in the whole universe is really... As, ugh, a, as a Star down. Wars fan, that, that scene... Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill's in this movie, let's say. Um, it, 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 ma- it makes me... <laughs> it's everything I love about Star Wars. It's like, oh, the possibilities of... You know, what's going to come now? Yeah, but what? I mean, he's too soft. He's not ever going to be... He ain't, no. You don't know that. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but you don't know. All we have to go on is what he was before. A kind of a whiny... No, 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 I can't do this. And again, we find out now he's too chicken shit to face the world, so he's all hiding off somewhere. That's what I think about Luke Skywalker. Is that a reason? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. Um, Well, you don't know anything more than anybody else. No, but I'm saying you don't know that that's the reason, so, like, you don't... Well, he hasn't faced up to the world. That he's been a part of creating. I mean, all we know is what this movie tells mm-hmm. us. And all we know is that Han Solo says some things that lead us to believe this is why Luke has gone mm-hmm. off to this thing. It might not be. Yeah, and he can't, he because he can't face it. Yeah, I'm saying it might not be why. I'm just saying, like... He, no, I disagree with you. That's exactly why. And then he was afraid to deal with it, so he left. Yeah, well, that's, that's the story. But what actually happened, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Until ne- the next movie. Mm, I disagree. I believe it is all about Luke. The story is all about Luke. There are other characters, obviously. I don't think it isn't for me, though. That's the thing. I'm not watching it from that point of view at all. I'm watching it from the point of view as this galaxy is being, you know, some dickhead is trying to always take it over and suppress everybody for whatever reason. I can't quite figure out still. And it's not about him. He's just a cog in the wheel. You know, a cog in the machine, really. Of balancing out things. So, the new characters. Um, what did you think of the new characters? Every single one of them was... I think... It's totally satisfying to me. Personally, I think they're all fantastic. They're replacements, of course, for older characters. Because you need you need main characters. And, um, but, there's none of them. I like all of them. I love Poe Dameron. He's yeah, actually, he's actually my, my favorite. He's, he's my favorite one. Least interesting to me because he doesn't. I, I stand can't out wait to, to see all. more of his thing. Um, you know, and they're all they're all interested in their own way. I I, I think choosing for Finn to choosing a stormtrooper mm-hmm. that this faceless you know killing killers <laughs> they're just an army and giving it this. You know, because, yeah, it's, it's right. You're right. There would be somebody who... There would be many of them, in, as there are in real life. They would be like, I'm not fighting this one. That's why I think the next thing has to go. We can't have a big planet killer anymore, because we've done that a few times. We can't have the big thing where there's one big section where if you blow it up, the whole planet falls apart. It's a bit dumb, apart. isn't it, that they haven't learned that lesson. What we need is, <laughs> internally, for it to all completely fall apart. And Finn is the beginning of that to me. The that revolution. if you have... A billion stormtroopers around the galaxy who have all been forced into this sort of slave soldier thing. Yep. But if you start planting the seed inside of that system, inside of there, I mean, it's a big universe, it's a big galaxy, but that's the only way to make the rest of the story, to me, grow up a little bit and get over this whole, we're going to blow up your planet. Because now we know the galaxy is a big place. So you're going to have to take that weapon wherever you go, theoretically. If you're trying to be scientific, and uh, but uh, if you start poisoning the minds of your troopers, then you're better, better, better plan. 
And you know, there's a lot of criticism being made of this movie of it's a direct copy of mm. A New Hope. There are elements of A New Hope in it, but I think they're done in a way that it brings back the nostalgia of Star Wars. You feel, oh, this is Star Wars. Of course, this is Star Wars. Of course, there's a there's a big base thing. Of course, there's. We also have to remember our laid villain is there's a spoiler coming at you. It's grandson of Darth Vader. Okay. He has the complex about, and as just from watching the movie, you get it. He feels like his grandfather did. Like, poor me. My mother is gone. I'm all alone in the world. Nobody cares about me. And that takes his force and turns it black and dark and inside. This guy has the same complex. He's like a spoiled brat inside, right? Throws a fit every time something doesn't go his way. His grandfather is like his he's thing. A, he's an actual so, brat. So, if you're going to be your grandfather... Including wearing a mask when you don't need to, just because it makes you feel powerful. He... Then the weapon that your grandfather made, if your grandfather's standing next to you, you would want to make something that would make him proud. Yeah. And I think that makes sense if you want to over-intellectualize it. And that's what it. he's doing, yeah. yeah. that makes total sense for this chapter. But after this, because we have Finn now, this little nugget of like, oh, we can bring down this whole bureaucracy from the inside, then that's where you have to go, I think. Yeah, I am... Um... I think that he's a great buddy, by the way, that um, Kylo Ren. He He is the right amount of not got his shit together at all. He's he's just like this brat. And I like how there's little crumbs of even the people who work around him think, (laughs) what a, you know, this guy's a a piece of shit. Like, he's (laughs) he's garbage. Like, like, there's one scene where he's having a bit of a tantrum. I don't know if they think he's garbage. And two two stormtroopers walk around the corner. And you can tell, just from nothing, the way they go, oh. I think they're around. afraid of him. That's yeah, what they're I think. afraid, and they're also like, "He's doing it again." We've not, yeah, we've seen this before, and we've also seen people die. Yeah, exactly. If, like, if we it. walk past that door yeah. right now, we're gonna get the force so, shot. At us. Yeah, you, you'd go that way. So it's like everybody knows he's is this, and, and that's what it is. If you could compare it to a child who throws fits all the time, yeah. and everybody tries to tiptoe around him, or like an alcoholic, drug addict person who. Their mood dictates everybody else's mood. And, and so because he's, he's high up, they've all got to kind of work around him. But that one guy doesn't. No, he doesn't. Hux. Yeah. Doesn't, he's almost like, Hux is you almost are a like, pain in my ass. You're not even in charge yet. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you think you're special because you got the force. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly right. That's not how this movie is. <laughs> That's but, how I heard him talk. Well, yeah, there's, that there is look a lot he gives of, him is exactly that. Like, Ugh. Yeah, it's like, look, I'm... I know what I'm doing here. I'm organizing this shit. You're just pain. You're just smashing things up. Because what he understands dick. about Kylo Ren is he, Kylo Ren, is more about the individual feeling of controlling things. This Hux guy is about actually having ultimate control over yeah. everyone in the galaxy. You know, Kylo Ren's is all about him. So feeling some sort His of satisfaction. Yeah, that he's. I've been so downtrodden exactly. and my family have shit on me. And I don't think he cares about the uni- the galaxy at all. I keep saying universe. It's just one galaxy. Yeah. So it's not about that. I think it's about him pleasing this Snoke guy. Which is the supreme leader. Supreme leader Snoke. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, he has to. I mean, th- th- we don't know. We don't really meet Snoke. That We meet him via telecom. Did he ever exist before? He never was no. mentioned before, was no, he? No, he's never been met. He's new. He's, he's, the, he's the emperor. Uh, yeah, but the emperor was answering to someone else. Yeah, he would was. Would have been him? 
Was this um, guy like a thousand years old or something? Don't know. He seems old. He seems like he's been through some shit because he's got scars all over him. He's massive scars. Yeah, he's something happened. There's a story behind him, isn't there, that we don't know? But I, you know, I think everything about this movie for me as, as a setup for a new Star Wars trilogy because there's obviously a lot more story to tell. It sets it up perfectly. It takes its time to introduce every character, even though it's not. It doesn't take its time. There's a lot of action going on when you meet. Finn for the first time, you get everything about his character, like, and he doesn't instantly. really have to speak. Nope, instantly. Uh, Ray, she doesn't have to speak either, and you understand. Oh, she's a scavenger. She's alone. She's enamored by the rebels, like she. And she's waiting for something because she's yeah. got all those marks on the wall. This is all you find out about her in the first like ten minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of this setup for every character that is interesting, I think, and you know the best. Not not a spoiler, but the best thing about this movie for me is where Ray go the journey Ray has during this movie. Um, that scene, you know, yeah, yeah, it, 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 that is it's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I love about Star Wars. That kind of thing, and yeah. she outranks Luke Skywalker's character by a billion times. Yeah, I can't me. wait to see her. Um, you know, go on the journey. She's brave. She's, going. she's not afraid. She's only afraid. I think. I don't. I think because she doesn't know what's coming. You know, what I mean. Yeah. That's, um, but Luke is just instantly like not. He's not that brave. I mean, Ray's a bit confused. She doesn't sometimes doesn't understand the how much danger she's actually in. I think sometimes she's a bit like, oh, she does try and run yeah, away. Yeah, she does go. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and then she shoots a few. She shoots a few stormtroopers in that forest scene, and then. You see the reality of that. No, you can't. You're not just some superhero who can shoot at these things. They'll kill you, like they. Right. You know, like when the laser bolt just misses her and hits the tree. I was like, you know, she. I don't think she realizes how dangerous the the galaxy is because you know. She's oh, been, I disagree. She's been living on that outpost place for a long time, and it's rough. And she's really. It's rough. Yeah, she's tough though, isn't she? Because yeah. of that, that's that place has hardened her up a bit. Um. So, we've covered the baddie, we've covered the new, you know, characters. What about the old characters? How did you feel about Han Solo and Princess Leia, who, spoilers, appear in the scene? General Leia. Yeah. I called her Commander, and she's one of my pots on the deck, by the way. She's General. She's a General, so I need to change the name. It was Commander Leia Oregano. Oregano. Oregano, but we say (laughs) Oregano uh, because it's Organa. Solo. So that's a long name for a pot. So now I'm going to have to change it to General Leia Oregano Solo. Um, She's fine. I mean, obviously, there are limitations. These people are not young anymore. And they have have grown accustomed to the Star Wars world as human beings in the world. Chewbacca is another one. Chewbacca is fine. 100%. And C-3PO. Yeah, they're fine. They're 100% fine. Han Solo is an old man. Essentially, oldish man. Really, is right? an old man. Yeah. But and he got injured, and he been injured just a year, a couple years before. In real it, life, yeah. So there's a limitation to the vibrancy that they can have. Leia, same. She's had a fucked up life. Let's just be honest. She's been on drugs. She's as a person, not Princess Leia. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. So she physically and I think emotionally is a little bit checked out sometimes. We've seen her in real life. We know that. She has challenges. But so that, that fits really, with the character. It does a little bit, yeah. but not really, because she's been a general. She can't be she flaky. She has, but she's seen 30 years right. of Right, that's action. the only thing you can 
just lay that on top of them and say not only that but the whole deal with their son is yeah, a terrible that thing. Shitty thing yeah. <laughs> like it's a horrible you have basically in uh, could potentially have brought down all of the galaxy because of your kid you know so that's heavy duty but that being said they still don't have that same oomph. and that's fine I'm, I'm not criticizing it i'm just saying don't expect to see han solo really being what you think because he's 30 years old he's still um very uh charismatic still yep, as yep. in the han solo role he's um he cheeky the um, immediately when him and chewie turn up it changes the pace of that whole <laughs> yeah. thing like it you're like oh and the the scene in the um with the monsters that get loose yep, yep. it's i think that's really awesome that's an awesome han solo kind of adventure like a small adventure of his true it shows you like he's up to no good kind of a little bit he's <laughs> just like when we met him yeah exactly he never changes he's not he didn't settle down with leia and you know he tried i think yeah but and when leia and um han meet in this movie it's emotional it's it, it's, Very emotional. I think they did it really well. It was, and they didn't say a lot, but but what they did say about the son and because what do you say? No, I know. Let's I, just say let's lay it out there. We've stood, we've told you there'll be spoilers. Han and Leia got ma- got married because her name is Solo. Yeah. At some point, we know. Had a kid. The kid was strung with the Force because Leia, of course, is the daughter of Darth Vader, sister of Luke Skywalker. She has some of it in her, I reckon, because she feels things, but she doesn't have that thing that makes her be able to move shit with her mind. Right. right? She's force-sensitive. That's what she is. Okay, force-sensitive. Yeah. We've never heard that in movies, but I'm sure you can fill that in if you read anything else. So their son was troubled as a kid, apparently, and started leaning toward the dark side, so they wanted Luke, master perfect man, to come along and train him, but... The dark side takes over because Snoke, apparently, is in the back. We don't see any of this. We're just It's very brief. And that's yeah. the thing. I understand this whole story yep. from one and two lines throughout the whole thing. That he is now being groomed by this insidious asshole to be dark, dark, dark. You know, so their son wants to become worse or better than Darth Vader. True. Now, if you're having a conversation with somebody that you know this is your child and you're out of your control, there's not a lot to... What? Small talk's not going to matter? You're not going to be like, so how's how's things? Like, it's just a heavy weight. And I felt that the whole time they were talking. Like, they just look at each other like, remember back in the day when it was all flirty and fun and we went in that giant worm and all that shit? And then this horrible yeah. terrible thing oh remember when we had our kid like the what we didn't yeah, see when, yeah. when it was fine and everything was great and yeah. they're having a good time and so now i think they played it exactly right it wasn't too much it was heavy and dark because i'm thinking what i would be thinking if i was those fictional characters totally satisfying to me yeah um the i i think uh the action and all the space battles and the creatures in this movie it's everything is suitable. Like there's nothing where there's no dodgy CGI in this movie. Let me say, I agree. There isn't one single frame where I go, "Oh, don't do that," or like, blur your eyes a like little you bit. do in the prequels. Obviously, there are lots of times in the prequels where you go, "Okay, yeah, that's really not." Even in the special editions of the original movies, where he put yep. that stuff in, I agree. That stuff stands out like a sore thumb shouldn't really be there. I'm, I'll be glad when that's been took out because Disney say they're going to revert those films back. I'll be glad when that happens. 
because this film does not have any of that and a lot of it is because of they use practical effects which they look good in when they show them you in the extras in physical just yeah. here's a head of an alien yeah I watch it do its thing you're like wow that looks real like that actually looks like it a is real, real. <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. that is it's just that's like a CG thing just right in front of my eyes working in real time and this is off topic a little bit but those kinds of things come from you know crews of hundreds of people and that would narrow down to probably dozens of people and that would even come down if you're the guy in charge if you're the well it looked like a group of women actually in charge of making the Chewbacca suits right if you're that group of people and you're wanting and J.J. Abrams is your cheerleader which he seems like the kind of guy he's probably harsh to work with but he's also like we can do this it can be better than that it can be and you're the kind of person who would stay late, work long hours, you're in weird circumstances, right? I mean, it's like, we've got a deadline, we're going to sew every hair onto this costume. Now, this is the off-topic part. That somebody posted one of those stupid Facebook memes, you know, that you read, glance at real quick, and one of them was, um, I don't understand this obsession with um, late nights and drinking too much coffee. We all need to be balanced and treat our bodies and our minds with respect, and we should get enough sleep and don't push it, and you can achieve more this way. And I'm like, I don't I think most of human endeavors that are big are all about going extra, right? And these, this movie, to me, I'm getting to my point, when you look at those creatures and you look at the machines and you look at the costumes every little yeah on every outfit and for as every inch of the whole shot that you're looking at there's a thing somebody took the time and stayed up late or stayed up for 24 hours and drank two gallons of coffee to paint that thing exactly right and make bb8 look like you feel like he could roll up right next to you and you'd be convinced this is a robot who's been around the galaxy and he's all beat up a little bit. And that, to me, is what makes movies like this feel that thing that we say is intangible. Yeah, exactly. There's like a quality about it it, because it takes you into that world fully. And I appreciate that the craftsmanship, it was probably a very arduous... I mean, I didn't realize, but watching someone sew every single hair... On and it was on multiple costumes yeah. as well. And she's just sitting there with her headphones on, like, sewing each hair It probably in. took months. Right, and you come to work, and that's what you do all day. Yeah. And then they're like, well, if you stayed five extra hours, we could probably get this leg done. And you're just like, okay, bring me some more coffee. Yeah, there's definitely nothing no, nothing spared here. Nobody's no... checking out because it's just their job. It doesn't feel like that. Now, no. somebody probably is, but the end result... It, it doesn't look like that on the screen, does it? I mean, it looks like... They well, they spent a lot of money to make it first off, but but it's that air is yeah that it. effort that people go. This is Star Wars. There's got to be somebody on that set who's like, I don't give a crap about Star Wars, but I'm here and whatever. But probably not very many. So let's move on to the cast here. Um, Daisy Ridley plays Ray. Now she pretty much to me is the hero of this film. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, think about it, though. Finn is the one who's. Finn has a really interesting story, too. Yeah, he's taken the big... It's Ray and Finn's story, right? Yeah. They're the new, you know... They're going to be taking you through... This trilogy is about those two. I, I think it'll be focused mainly on them. But Ray, from the first moment you see her doing the scavenging, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's she is going to be... You know, we've not had a female... Except for Princess Leia. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, we, and Princess Leia, she didn't get into much action. She, she well, not true. She swung on a rope. She um. She fired a lot of guns and weapons and stuff. Yeah, she did. She was in the garbage. Was she in the garbage with him? Yeah, she yeah, was she in the was. compactor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Ray is going to be a big action. Let's put it hero. this way: Princess Leia is a product of George Lucas's mind, and George yeah. Lucas is of a time. And while yes, he's giving, he's not one hundred percent sexist about anything. However, she's slightly the notion, in distress. Exactly, yeah. but yeah. she's not. She's, she's a, a little bit, bit of ed- yeah. ahead of her time. I'll give her that. I'll give that character that edge. You know that she's Ray is not that capable. At all. I mean, she kills Jabba the Hutt. You know what I'm saying? So she's... <laughs> Ray's not a damsel in distress. You can see immediately she can handle herself. Right? She doesn't even like it when he holds her hand. I really like how, though, she... she yeah, she, she's tough. But there's, she's also emotional. Because, like, you can see a, a butt between her and Han Solo. She's, you know, enamored by him. Like, oh, this guy... I've heard of this guy. He did this stuff. And when she's talking to him, when, he, when, he says, when she says, are you offering me a job? Yeah, that yeah. whole conversation's like... She, there's an emotional side to her where she, I don't know, I was going to say she could be swayed by things emotionally, which is a lot of Star Wars' thing is like, you know, you got to keep to the, keep your feelings in check, otherwise you'll go off the rails like Kylo, you know? True. So there is a lot of emotions to her, which I liked. But she is great, Daisy Ridley. Uh, we don't know her, you know, nobody knew her up to, she's, she was cast because nobody knew her. And... She is really great in this movie. She's everything about her, I think. I re- whoever did a costume design, it was, it's awesome, a costume design for her. Like, it, it changes. It's a little overly, like, trying to look good. Tough. No, like, good, like, sexy. Like, you could take easily well, I sexy. I thought it was unsexy. Like, it's, no, it's, it's ratty completely... and raggy. Like, that's not what's know? unsexy about it. But se- I mean, that's not what the sexiness is. It form fits her she's got those little bits hanging down which really don't have a huge purpose they look cool the when belt she runs is them. a little bit crooked that's what i'm saying it's about making her look but she doesn't do the sex potty thing so that's what's good about it she's no. kind of tomboyish yeah exactly um john Boy- boydega plays finn and he is the row you know the stormtrooper who's left the nest um the only complaint i have that isn't about him at all because i think he's really good is that they haven't woven into that character the angst that would be in a person who was kidnapped from his family as a child brainwashed into being a warrior a, you know a villain basically and like to go to the meat grinder to be part of the you know clone troopers right clone tro- not clone troopers storm, storm troopers. troopers i see that at the no. beginning of this movie but he's angst. not but he doesn't have that but he's now that's only enough to make him stop doing it. But after that, he's like funny and he's identifying with emotions that probably would have been squashed out of him, and trained out of him, and like punished out of him. So that was my only complaint that we didn't give a, even like ten or twenty minutes of him, I you know, come into life from being sort of a you know. A I mean, there is a, he does have a lot of amuse. You know, he's funny, isn't he? He's charming and funny. But maybe that is... Like, but where would you get... Where would you come up with that if you've been trained to be this soldier all your it's, life? It's like somebody's always... Like, you've been squashed by this... Right, but where would you be exposed to that? He's been in a training know, maybe, place. Maybe it's naturally in you. Like, that's your personality. Like, when some people are... You know, they're, they're one thing and then they... I think you can squash it out of people. Else. If you If you've lived the life that it sounds like a stormtrooper has lived. 
being brainwashed from childhood to be harsh and being a murder machine, you wouldn't be very funny or charming or sweet. But he does have a lot. Yeah, he is kind of comic relief-y sometimes. Yeah. But then he's serious when he has to be because there's a fight with a lightsaber where he's, yep, yep. it's not funny at all. Like, it's very... There's some serious stuff too. So Harrison Ford reprises Han Solo. Um, you know, we talked about him earlier. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he plays Han Solo and it's right. It feels right to me. It's old Han Solo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... Oh, God. Like. And we're going to talk about the scene. Because I thought that was, it was good too. Yeah, so spoilers. We've said spoilers. The spoiler. (laughs) Han Solo will not be in the next movie. No, he does get killed in this movie by his own son, which is really—it's hardcore when it happens. It's hardcore, but when you think about it, Darth Vader was trying to kill Luke, so that was a father killing his son. Yeah, it's—it's obviously a callback, but it it was unexpected for me. I didn't expect it. I was like, they're not gonna. No, I could see it. It, I could, you know, the pieces start to fall (laughs) into place. (laughs) <laughs> and you can feel the pieces falling into place during this scene. There's a narrow bridge. There's a bad guy coming. There's your friend Han Solo. There's Chewbacca a little bit over here. There's our heroes, Ray and Finn. The stage it's, is set It's a stage. Something. And I'm like, okay, yeah. It ain't going to be the bad guy who gets it here because he's the bad guy. I'm thinking. But then, yeah. I, then I was thinking, well, no, Darth Maul. He kind of went quick. Maybe this guy will go quick. And it's the Snoky guy who's going to be the big guy. But the stage is set, and I did not expect it. In fact, I said to you, when we watched this in the cinema, the next two minutes of the movie, which I concentrated very much on this time, I did not see in the cinema. I was thinking about Han Solo dying and oh what my. that means to the whole thing. <laughs> and there's a whole scene going on, and yeah. I was not paying attention to it. Chewbacca like, loses his shit. No, I saw that bit. But you know the next bit where, po, where it's Poe Dameron, and mm. they're all flying and shooting stuff? That didn't happen. It was almost like it didn't happen because I was like processing that. Like I was like, oh shit, like I will chew back a feel. I was, I, it was all that was going through yeah, my yeah. mind. So this time I watched that part after it very intently and it, it felt new like I'd not seen it. So that's how much that... Because, you know, it, it, it's a major character. It impacted me, not because it... I mean, yes, because this character that you've And it's an ugly way to go. It is. It's really... Because now you're... Now you know, not only is Kylo Ren just a spoiled brat, throws big fits, and he's deadly. I'm very but evil. But he's, he's actually desiring to be the darker, you know. I mean, he actually wants that. He's not fighting against it hardly anymore, and he's that's it. And when I cried, I cried both times, but it's because I imagined someone calling me. This is terrible. And telling, like, Chewbacca is the one I identified with this the most. Right. Thinking, if my friend, one of my closest friends, were to be murdered by their child, right. I would go crazy and I would kill the child. Like, I would go nuts. And Chewbacca's just like... And that's why... yeah. That's Harry, so funny. I'm identifying with the Wookiee. Harrison Ford said in the extras that he wanted... He did. He said, I don't, I don't want Han Solo to die. But I wanted, if we were going to do it, to lend some emotional weight to the whole thing. And it absolutely does. Yep. I mean, when you lose some a main character, somebody that you're... I mean, I've seen Star Wars so many times. I've seen Han Solo do his thing so many times. He's beloved to people. And then... <laughs> so Kylo Ren immediately becomes way more of a threat to everybody. Like It's like, this guy needs to be taken down. Because once now. he's done that... I have no sympathy anymore. Like I don't have sympathy. But then again, 
Leia's going to have sympathy, I think. His grandfather yeah. killed all the younglings and killed yeah. everybody and did all the horrible shit. And yet, in the end, you might Luke feel takes him a little pity bit. on him yeah. and wants to give him another chance. Because that's what the light side does for yeah. you. So somebody is going to want to give this guy a chance. So, um... Mark Hamill plays Luke Skywalker. We've mentioned him. He's, if you're a Mark Hamill fan and expecting to see lots of Mark Hamill, he doesn't actually utter one word in this movie. He is in the movie for about 30 seconds. That's it. You're going to see him a lot in the next movie, I assume. Ineffectual to me. I thought it was too... Uh, even in that little thing that he did. Too dramatic. Ugh. But then again, I'm not a Luke Skywalker fan. So. Uh, but I really like that. And I, I liked that scene. Um, Carrie Fisher is back as Leia. Um... Like I say, she's not in it a ton. She's in it maybe three times. Yeah. And um, but when she is, I I look I, I you know I'm like, hey, it's Princess Leia, but she's old. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Driver plays Kylo Ren. Now he's the for me the big like surprise. I could I loved the fact that he wasn't always under this mask like mm-hmm. Darth Vader. So he, he takes the mask off. And then has the mask off for quite a lot of the movie. So you can see, oh yeah, he's just this this confused kid. He's not a kid, though. Not he's a kid, up. but... He's 30 or yeah, 20 something. But he seems kid-like. He seems not grown up properly. Um, which he hasn't, because he's had a shitty... He th- it feels like it. He thinks, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Adam Driver, who plays him, it is perfect. It is... I hate him. <laughs> Sometimes I feel for him. Because of some, you know, like, oh, like when he's questioning yep. the light side's trying to, like, he's saying the light side's trying to break through in me. So there is good. He is good inside. Well, he's good, isn't he? He's, he's just a normal dude. Yeah. He's just tainted by all this stuff. And Snoke's working him like a puppet. Um, so I feel for him. But then I hate him. And then I really hate him. <laughs> Like, I just want to knock him off that bridge immediately, and that was it. I, I was hoping Chewie would knock him off the bridge. He didn't. But, um, yeah, he's great, uh, Adam Driver. I, you know, I wasn't that familiar with him. He's I think comedian. the character is constructed in a way that's so much more interesting than he could be, because a dude who wears a mask for no reason... No. Just to be, appear scary. Exactly. And to feel more powerful tells you a lot even though he has the biggest power in the universe this force thing going for him right or he can actually do whatever yeah he's he uses the force properly i mean powerfully he yeah he does things we've never seen the force do like Pull, stop get stop, into that somebody's laser, mind. stop the laser beam yeah that was cool and get into people's minds yeah and the uh, thing is though if he has that power why is he still hanging around with all these soldiers and shit why not just go rogue and, like, dominate the universe. You could... Is his power strong enough for if he went to a planet, he could just... I guess he couldn't... Be get, like... I guess because they're so massive, if he went rogue, they'd just kill him. They'd, they'd find him and kill him somehow, wouldn't they? Mm, no, that's what I'm saying. If you're so powerful... And if Snoke is so powerful, why doesn't he just do what he wants? And Why does he need a... But I don't think they are. They're only... They're not that powerful. Like, they can't just kill everybody. Like, they're, you see them get exhausted from it. Like, it's, you know, when they're fighting even, it's not like they could just kill a thousand people with the lightsaber. They, they're just men, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but they could just wave their hand and drop everybody dead. It doesn't dead. seem to work that way, does it? Like, but they could. So, I don't know if they can. I don't know how powerful it is. Like, they said, whoever's the most powerful with the Force, 
in the books and stuff, it's it's not you can't they can't just wipe a whole planet out by moving the hand. Then all you have to do is go to the leaders of every nation of every planet in the galaxy. Just make a point of going around the galaxy and like brainwashing everybody to be on your side. I don't understand that part, but that's also just that's, part of the story. Yeah, so that's that's thinking way. Too <laughs> um, Oscar Isaac plays Poe Dameron. He is my favorite of all the guys. You know why? Because I love the rebel fighters I did in the original. You know, like when Rogue, the Rogue Squadron go out at the end, you know, to do the trench run. I love the, like, I know that most of them die in Star Wars. <laughs> nice. I just love the, that, you know, that whole sequence. And that's what they're hearkening back to with this. Poe Dameron's just like this awesome pilot. You see it, you see him. You know, when uh, Finn says, well, that's one amazing pilot or whatever, shouts it. That whole scenario that he does there, uh, Poe's flying around, killing this, killing that, killing this. You know, you can see he's an acrobat in his ship. Um, he's amazing. Like, I love that. I love the fighter pilots. Always what, when I watched Star Wars as a kid, I wanted, like, the helmet. I wanted, the, I wanted an X-Wing. You know, <laughs> I, I just love that. And so. to me, uh, he's nothing. Like well, that's it, why he resonates. It doesn't with interest me, me at my... all. I I get it that they need this skill, but it doesn't do anything for me at all. You could just have him fly over and kill everybody, and I'm I'm fine. I don't need to know the pilot. I don't need to know anything about him until I'm good. If I'm gonna in, end up knowing more about him, that's fine. As it stands, other than the fact that he's part of Finn, but then it's not really down to him because Finn's the one who instigated it, and then in the end, it's. It's the same thing we've seen before. A bunch of pilots I like have to come that blow a, something up. He's a proper hero. He's good. That's yeah, what he is. We don't know that. I, I mean, don't, yeah, but I don't know that. I've only seen twice in this movie. I mean, you can tell from what he says. Mm-hmm. Or... I disagree because I don't know. I needed time to get to know him a little bit, and I didn't get that, so I'm not that interested yet. I personally also read the comic of the book. Exactly. So you have information I don't have. Yeah. Um, Gwendolyn Christie plays Captain Phasma. She is awesome, Captain Phasma, in this... She's not... She's underutilised in this movie. Yep. But I can see why there's more to her. You're going to see more of her in the next movies. But what she is, is the leader of the Stormtroopers. She's like a military leader. Like, she's the one who's directly in touch with all the Stormtroopers. Hey, you, do this, do that. She's like drill sergeant, maybe. But there has to be more of her. There has to be more yeah, like her. Yeah, you would her. think so, wouldn't you? Because there's, so, there's so many Stormtroopers. Yeah, it's a galaxy. So... Right, there's not just one ship of stormtroopers going around to the galaxy. They're everywhere. It's my mind now, watching this movie, I get a bigger scope. Yeah. I understand that probably in every section of the galaxy, there's stormtroopers and a whole military thing, and they've got all kinds of weapons, and so she's probably replicated. I mean, they're not clones. This isn't the clone army. No. But she can't be the only one in still. So she's like a stormtrooper, but she's in a chrome... Stormtrooper outfit, so it immediately looks awesome, and she's it's Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones. If you don't know, she's um, the very tall blonde Brynneth of Tarth or something. Brynneth. <laughs> um, she's really cool. I like her. You don't actually see her because she's got a helmet on the entire time, but you know her voice. You definitely know who she is. And finally, I put down Andy Serkis plays uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. You know, obviously a master of motion capture, and Snoke's a motion captured thing. Yeah, but let's be honest. There's not much to that. He's no. sitting in a chair. Is other than his tone of voice and the facial thing, which is fine, but there's not much else. But Andy Serkis also brings his motion capture expertise to Star Wars, so he's helping with the. I didn't put it down. I guess <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean. What's she called? I don't know, Elaine. The lady Mars. with the big Mars. Yeah, 
he he's a technical guy. He knows motion capture, doesn't he? So his motion capture and her character is amazing. Yeah, very good. Um, so this Miles is dir- cool. This is directed by J.J. Abrams. We know who he is. He's directed a lot of movies that we like. Um, the okay. Star Trek movies. I dislike the Star Trek movies. I will tell you, I dislike those Star Trek movies. I absolutely will never watch the first one again ever because that fucking thing he does. He doesn't do. He's that up here. his own ass. Yeah, I don't care. He ruined that completely, and so I don't have a desire to watch any more of them. The second one was fine, but I mean, it's fine. There's another one coming this year. Um, I would rather go back, which I will, and start watching all my Star Wars over. Or but, Star Trek over. But yeah, people say J.J. Abrams... I mean, people love those Star Trek movies. They actually did really well. Um, I didn't like them at all. I'm not a massive Star Trek fan, but those movies didn't really do much for me any at all. Because like, I don't really have all the nostalgia for the characters and everything. So it, it didn't do what this does for me. And I was a bit worried at first when they went, oh, J.J. Abrams is doing Star Wars. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, he did Star Trek and I disliked both of those movies. It was weird. I just disliked them. And then I was like, oh, no, like he, he might make me dislike Star Wars. But he did, the, he did the opposite. He directed this how it should have been done, I think. Everything was right. Everything was in place. There's nothing where I, There's nothing in this movie, and we just watched it again. <laughs> Where I can go, I don't like that scene, or I don't like that Nothing. thing. Not one Nothing. Thing. And you can sit me in front of the Phantom Menace and tell me, what don't you yeah. like there? <laughs> there's plenty I don't like there, right? It, there's plenty I don't like there. So, and in this movie, there isn't one thing where I go, oh, I could do without that bit because it's a bit stupid or boring. There's none of that in this movie. I can't think of anything. It's really, I'd say the perfect movie for me. Better than the originals? It is. It's hard, that, isn't it? Because they're, <laughs> they're a very special place for me. But it is equally as good for me. So, um, extras on the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is um, comes with... The extras are excellent also. I don't want to gush too much, but... There is a um, thing called Secrets of the Force Awakens, A Cinematic Journey. And it's an hour and ten minute. Um, documentary just about the making of this movie and it covers everything everybody's interviewed in it there's nobody like hiding out I couldn't think there's nobody no no because even uh, yeah even Mark Hamill in the is, yeah yeah um, it shows every aspect of the making of this movie it shows them on location filming it there's lots of interviews with everybody. I get the feeling, because they do talk a little about it was really hot and I was sweaty, but J.J. Abrams seems like the type who would just look at you and be like, really? Yeah. You're going to bitch about being hot? I understand. You're hot. It's hot. It's 120 degrees. But look around. We're making Star Wars. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> like, Because he's all, you know, just keeps right in there where you didn't... At some of the movies, you hear it endlessly. How hard it was. And I just feel like, oh, shut up. So, it did look hard. There were times when it looked pretty yeah, daunting. So. But. Yeah. Um, but this is an excellent documentary. It actually just premiered at the Sundance Film Festival recently, um, before the Blu-ray came out. They showed it. But it is, if you're a fan of Star Wars and The Force Awakens, this is like, it's like a professionally done, like it's like a, watching a film, mm-hmm. a proper documentary. It's not just a slap-together thing. Um, there's also um, The Story Awakens, The Table Read, which the cast members sit down and do a table read. 
There's building BB-8, so if you like the droid in the um, in the, here, the ball droid, you see how they make him. Uh, the crafting the creatures, which shows you how they did the. Um, I was going to say the cantina scene, but it's not a cantina. It's Mars's palace. Same thing. Yeah. Um, there's blueprint of a battle, the snow fight. There's John Williams' the Seventh Symphony, and there's the ILM, the Visual Magic of the Force, which shows you the special effects, plus some deleted scenes. One. I've, I was real. I had high hopes for the deleted scenes, hoping there was like some awesome stuff that was cut out. But what the deleted scenes are, then inconsequential. No. There, there's one deleted scene where Kylo Ren boards the Millennium Falcon, which I really liked. But it's not necessary for the film. But it was nice to see as a deleted thing. Um, and that's it on the Blu-ray. Uh, what I did like is the movie is on one disc and the extras on on the other. So, High quality movie. Yeah, so you, your movie's the best quality it can be. And the sound in this movie on on Blu-ray, awesome. So much surround sound going on. When when Ky- Did you notice when Kylo's using the Force to try and brainwash Rey? Like, the whole room starts rumbling. Like, mm-hmm. you can feel the Force. Like, it's a... Uh, I love that. <laughs> you can feel the Force. So, um... In conclusion, what do we think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? Do I we? think it's very good. Yeah. I don't... If you're a Star Wars fan, you've already pre-ordered this Blu-ray. Hopefully you're not listening to this before you watch that, if you haven't seen you've it already. You've probably seen it five True. times in the cinema. It made True. $3 billion or something. It's a ridiculous amount of money. So, um, yeah, and I'm obviously the biggest Star Wars fan. Probably a bit biased. You're not the biggest. You're not the guy who made the R2-D2 that they used no. in the movie. That is a big thing. But I can say, every since that day in 1977 when I watched Star Wars, until today... And every day after this, I have always been a Star Wars fan. Like, it never lapsed, you know? So, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I love it. (laughs) Not true, because you say the truth about the other ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate those, but they're not... If I have to... If you say, do you want to watch some Star Wars? I wouldn't be reaching for those first. I'd be like, yeah, A New Hope. That's where I'm going for, you know? So, um, yeah, it's this movie is out... Tonight, at midnight, April the 1st, on Digital HD, you can go and rent it or buy it. That's Friday. Yeah. And then the Blu-ray is out next week on mm, Tuesday. Okay. They're doing the staggered thing, okay. so you can get the blue. You can get... And if you buy the Blu-ray, you get the digital copy anyway, so buying the digital copy tonight... So if you ordered on Amazon, for example, the Blu-ray pre-order, I assume they have that. Would you be able to get your digital one tomorrow, maybe? No, because mm. it ships in the box. But... If you buy it from Walmart, they, because they have Voodoo, if you buy it online on Walmart, mm. they give you the digital copy instantly. They give you a code in your email. I've bought a Blu-ray from as Walmart. As of tomorrow. Before. Yeah, as of tomorrow. So you can get it many ways. There's so many ways to see it. And so if I, you haven't started your marathon now of the first six. Yeah. <laughs> and come on, watch them all. But this Blu-ray is cool. I would get the Blu-ray. It's got really good special features on the on the extras disc. So um, next week's Blu-ray review will be the remake of Point Break. We're going to be looking at that next week. Big action movie. Um, there's a contest. If you go to aschoolie.com, you can win some Angry Birds merchandise, DVDs, and some fluff, stuffy, stuffy, fluffy, stuffy <laughs> toys. So movie recommendations. I am going with the very obvious ones this week. Anything Star Wars. Watch all the Star Wars things. And thinking of Han Solo... Indiana Jones. There's another series of movies that is getting a new movie very soon. 
that you should also go and see. So I'm if sure this one is any indication <laughs> yeah. where he dies in the movie, just be prepared for the worst. Yeah. And my recommendations are going in line with my 2016 plan of giving you every movie I've ever seen, or at least made a note of seeing on my list. And we're up to the A's, and I am up to Against All Odds, as we know. It's got the famous song. And we that's from the 80s. Yep. Agnes of God. Don't know Jane, that. It was uh, Jane Fonda. The Agnes of God. Yeah, they find a baby skeleton like down a well, I believe. And then Jane Fonda is there to investigate what happened. And you find out that this nun thinks that it was uh, Immaculate Conception. But it doesn't turn out that way. I don't know it. Um, Air Force One. We're going to hearken back to another... Would you say non-classic Harrison Ford? <laughs> yeah. Air Force, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's well, fun. It's an action movie yeah. kind of way. But then Airheads, which I really enjoy, and I have to watch it again, but it's just one of those that I think I actually really enjoy that one. And all and the airplane movies. You should definitely watch the airplane movies. They are awesome. <laughs> no Harrison Ford. And don't call me Shirley. So, uh, games and a Scully stuff. Um... I have been playing, or we both played, Michonne. I didn't play it. The Walking Dead Michonne episode two. I observed. It's the new Telltale Walking Dead game. And it's the covers... Um, it's the Michonne from the comic books, not from the TV show. And it's... There's a period of time in the comic books where she goes missing for a little bit and never explains where she went. This is that story of what happened, where she went. So... It, it it works. Even you don't read the comics. I've read the comics. To you, it works because you just oh, mm-hmm. it's Michonne, right? And no, if you read, she's totally different. No, I mean, it, it works as in, you know, who the character is because you just watch the show. Yeah, but she's totally different. So to me, it's a completely separate thing. Right. I don't see it as Michonne from the show. I see it as a completely separate. Because medium. she speaks different. Or no, she's different. She's not the same. I mean, there's similarities for sure. Well, she's an African-American lady, and she has a sword, and she wears jangly shit all over her. That's about it. She's tough, but, I mean, she's totally different. In the show, she doesn't hallucinate. We don't have any history of that. None of that. That's a car- That's an arc in the comics where she hallucinates and stuff. Right. Um, I'm surprised they never did it in the TV show because, you know, it would have worked, I think. Mm. It would have added a bit more dimension to I think we did it. that to Rick. Yeah, we, we did do it to Rick. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really boring. Yeah. I thought that was, like, the worst season. Yeah, it was terrible, yeah. Ugh. What do you Crazy think of uh, The Walking uh, uh, uh. Dead Michonne? Um, it's fun. It's good. It's pretty It's pretty um, dark, this second episode, let me say. <laughs> some, yes. Some of the stuff you're Very asked dark. to do yeah, is yeah. pretty harsh. Well, um, you like to take the hard road. You take yeah. the mean shit. You're, you're making her be kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, not bad, because she's... You know, she's our hero. I feel but... like I'm taking. I feel like when I'm doing, it, I, I just go when it gives me a decision because this is how Telltale games work. They give you a decision, and you've got a very small amount of time to make a decision. I look at the decisions and I go, "Yeah, I would go that one. That one is the one." I... But it's almost always the bad one. Yeah, because I, if the people, it's are... like this: if you have a choice between tying a guy up and bashing his head in, what are you going to do? You bash his head in. Be- usually based on what I know of this guy already. Like, if if I, if if it was a guy I, I yeah. don't know, I don't know if he's bad or... or Not necessarily, because you had good. Sam do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that was a decision you made, actually. It was. Yeah. I thought it was necessary. So maybe I wouldn't have made that one. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the Walking Dead, uh, 
it's cool. It's like a spin-off, really. It's not really... Um, it's like, not a spin-off of the show, so don't... No, a spin-off of the Walking Dead games that Telltale yeah, are making. Yeah. Like the 400 Days one that they made, where it was completely separate to everything. This one's also separate to the Clementine story that we enjoy. But that season three of the Clementine Walking Dead is coming at the end of this year, so I'm excited for that. Michonne's a good little distraction in the middle. I like their style of game. I think the voice acting and everything's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like how it's done. I like. I think technically it's getting better. It, it's Slowly. not wonky anymore, is it? So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I also played The Division this week. I've been playing The Division quite a bit on the PC. It's uh, Tom Clancy's new uh, shooter game. Um, what I really like about this game is the story. But then the story... There's a big story right at the front of the game, but then the story is kind of... It's just shoot people after that. But the story at the front of the game is awesome, and I think you'd appreciate it too. It's America has broken down to the fact that it's come to the point where it's a free-for-all. Every man for himself on the streets. Everybody's looting. Everything's looted. How long has it been this way? It's based in New York City. Only a few months. Okay. What happened is some terrorist organization put this poison on the money that gets sent into Wall Street into the banks and everything the money started to distribute around the city through the ATMs and all that kind of stuff with this stuff on it I'd say anthrax or whatever it is it started to kill people people started to get really sick and over a period of a month or two months everything went to shit people started looting just like killing each other. They're not zombies. No, right. There's no baddies in this game that there's anything wrong with. There's people who've survived this thing and they've just bunkered down and decided to fuck everything up, right? So we're at this point two or three months down the line where New York is completely to shit. There's disused cars everywhere. Every single shop is smashed up. There's no electric. And the division, are this, there are a group of sleeper agents... Thousands of them that are in America. And when something like this happens, they all wear this watch. And there's a signal sent to their watch. And that's them to come. Like, you've got to come and sort this out. So you're one of those division agents. And you're sent into the streets of New York to figure out... The big story is to figure out what, where this poison came from. what, what Who did this? What happened? But also to keep the peace. Right. And in the streets, there are, you know, you can be walking down, and it's a realistically modeled New York. Every street is exactly New York. Is the uh, whole. I don't exaggerate, because people who live there might disagree with you. No, uh, if you heard the Kekas talking about it, they said, Wombat said, oh yeah, stood right outside my building. It's there. But the other building is different, he said. I right. remember him saying that. But it's. It's not exact. The streets, you can, if you know it, you can walk around it. But what's happened is, it's just screwed. And there's a lot of times where you're just wandering down and you see people walking towards you and some people will walk towards you and ask you for something because you're, they know you're a soldier. They'll say, like, have you got a first aid kit? Have you got an energy bar? And, you know, you might help them, like, you know. Might. <laughs> but then other times you'll see people walking up towards you and they're bad people who pull out rifles and start shooting at you. So there's that there's that aspect just wandering the streets and trying to figure out who's bad who's good because everybody looks the same don't they I mean people just wear hats and it's snowing all the time it's like in winter and then there's these missions because there are these factions of people 
who've bought it like like they do, bought it together, like on The Walking Dead, and they're this big, you know, this you know, fifty guys who are holed up in a bank, and they're just these big guys who are just you've got to go and take all these people out during the missions of the game. So it's a cool what if, um, not end of the world by any means, but everything went to shit. It can be reorganized again. It just somebody needs to yeah. reorganize it. So it's not a zombie thing. It's just military, really. And you're the military, and the people you shoot. Would zombies make it better? Uh, I don't think it would. No, because we've <laughs> played many zombie games. I've not, I've never played a game like this where everything went to shit, and the only thing that is the enemy is other people who made it go to shit. Right? It's not about an. Yeah, but somebody brought down the system to begin with. That's your yeah. enemy. They're the big enemy in the yeah. end. In the end of the game, I guess. I'm not even that far, so, you know. So that's the division, Tom Clancy. Um, and that's all I played this I week. I forgot my word for this movie. Oh, yeah. Every, my, Star my Wars. One, I think I picked... Wars. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I just said, because my choices are action-packed, thoughtful, inspiring, fun, and something else. It's all of those words. It is, but it's mostly fun. No, it's got a sad thing and a thing, but it's mostly your heart is racing, it's an adventure, all that stuff. So that's my word for the movie. Fun. All right. Regardless so of the one sad thing. What is for dinner? Jimmy John's, we... Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's, Jimmy so, John's, Jimmy John's. Sounds really good, right about now. It's quarter to eight. <laughs> Are they closed then? Oh, yeah. Close at nine. All right. So we're, <laughs> we're working the podcast into the frame because well, the wife doesn't want to cook. I will go get us some dessert. What do you want for dessert? I don't, do not know. We have some uh, chocolate in the fridge. Yeah, it doesn't sound very interesting. They have really good cookies at Jimmy John's. Well, they, okay. I've never tried from those. They're pretty buttery, though. You might not like the butteriness. Hmm. Um, and my advice? Are you saying? What's my advice? What's your advice before we leave? My advice, my advice is, is to watch Star Wars The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> my advice is something that I have a hard time with. It's a difficult thing, so I'm giving my advice to myself. But learn to appreciate whatever common ground you might find between you and someone that you don't like or that you dislike. There's a difference between disliking someone and just not liking them or not wanting them in your life or finding them excruciatingly boring and annoying, right? But there's going to be something that bridges that gap. That doesn't mean you have to embrace it and be like, oh, I hate that guy at work. But he also likes movies, so I'll just talk to him about movies all the time and I'll be the better person. No, I don't mean that. I just mean find a thing that you can appreciate that that other person is just a person doing their thing. may not be my kind of person, but I've found something that I can kind of identify with. And that sort of numbs the annoyance. Because I get annoyed with people extremely easily. True. I mean extremely easily. It is like I'm a raw nerve when I go out into the world. I mean, being perfect is difficult. <laughs> That's why everyone else's faults, really. You know, I'm being facetious or I'm being sarcastic. I'm not perfect. Sarcastic. I'm being sarcastic. See, I'm not perfect. I don't know the word, meaning of facetious. Um, because I can, I can, like, I'm gritting my teeth now thinking of someone who just makes me want to punch the wall like I just get so annoyed and there's nothing wrong with that person like nothing at all mm -hmm. only from my point of view 
they will never be a person that I want in my life. It's not a person that I want spending lots of time with. I kind of need to because of work. But I have to just... And I'm not exaggerating when I say every five minutes remind myself. Just don't listen to the voice. Don't listen to the tapping. Don't listen to the fuddling of the fucking humming and the whistling and the squeaking and the squawking and the weakness and the... Ugh, I just, that's what overrides my brain. This weak, non-confident, whiny, squeaky, me, 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 me. It, even thinking about it, it <laughs> I think my blood pressure goes up, right? So I have to just constantly, I can't drink wine at work all day, so that's a problem. If I could take beer to work with me, I'd be fine. I'd start, <laughs> start off my day with a sure. six pack and I'd just be like, whatever, I don't give a shit how annoying you are. Just do your job. And I'll be cool, cool with that. So I have to just go, no, 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 there's there's this one thing I can bring up, but there's this one thing I can ask about that's going to tame my raw nerve for a minute and then get me through to the next 10 minutes and the next 10 minutes. And if I need to be productive with this person, I have to find a thing that I can plug into, right, and ignore all the other stuff. It's difficult, but it actually, you know, it tames my aggression, <laughs> For like escaping, I'm not. I would never injure a person, but it makes me really agitated. I actually, there are times, and you know, I have a thing about listening to people eat. Yeah. Okay. Even myself, I'm not excluded from this. If I hear myself chewing, which you can't avoid it, it makes me think sometimes I'm just gonna stop eating. I have to stop. It makes my shoulders go up, and it, it, I inside I'm like, Ugh. right. So. If I hear another person eating, slurping, sucking, chewing, crunching, in this annoying, weird pattern, it's like someone's got a little ice pick just jabbing my brain over and over, right? So that's one of the things I have to like, oh, they have to eat. <laughs> yeah. They have to eat. So what I have to do is get up and leave the room. Now, that's not really finding common ground, but that's me accepting that it's my problem and not their problem, so... You know, I'm accepting that they have to eat. That's our common ground. I will leave the room. One day, I worked really hard at this. I even planned my walk. I take a walk in the afternoon. I planned it so that while this person was eating, I would go take my walk. And when I came back, it would all be over and my blood pressure wouldn't go up and I would have had a walk for 20 minutes. I go, I plan the whole day around it. That part of the day, I mean lunchtime, you know. I come back. And just as I'm walking in the door, the potato chips open up. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I can't go for another 20-minute walk. And I mean, I was mad at myself. <laughs> I'm like, why am I so hung up on this? But you can see this is a topic of my daily life. All right. So um, we need to go and get food. Yeah. So, so I can listen to you chew. Let's, uh, You're a good chewer, by the way. You're fine. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't stay married to you for almost 17 years if you didn't chew okay. Because that would... Uh, I would have to drink a lot more. All right. So let me remind you about our website. It's aschoolie.com. Sids.com. You can catch us on Facebook and Twitter. You can catch this podcast. Go to aschoolie.com slash podcast. Subscribe there. We are also on the iTunes Music Store, the Xbox Music thing. And uh, not Stitcher at the moment. We will Forget get that. about Stitcher. That will be fixed eventually. Uh, you can email me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. You can email Sid Talk, but she, we won't tell you our I address. I don't want to hear any recordings of you chewing. <laughs> um, and um, 
stay classy Star Wars because uh, the next Star Wars movie is actually this Christmas and it's Rogue One it's the um, story it's called Rogue One A Star Wars Story and it is the story of them stealing the Death Star plans from the uh, original Star Wars how Princess Leia gets to um, right which we already know the ending of all that so but uh, yeah. it looks very good and I'll just remind you all I was trying to think of a name for my pot for my container on the deck this whole time in relation to Millennium Falcon and I've decided on Millennium Falcon there's no plant that I can interject in there Millennium Fennel I've already got two fennels I've got Boba and, J- Millennium and Jango Fennel <laughs> Millennium Flower I think that it deserves its own name, to be honest. So it's Millennium Falcon. In case any of you were just hanging on the edge of your seat. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 